0: down i got my my curiosity is obviously obviously always with okc because even when they're teetering on success uh in prior years they've been you know very reluctant to keep success going right like they shut down shea last year they shut down giddy last year they shut down like even kenrick williams i think at one point like anybody who had a pulse wasn't playing for this team obviously we mentioned portland portland is not on a trajectory for a playing spot like despite what Dame thinks, or what Chauncey Billups thinks. Like, who do you think goes, or do you like full? I'm going to sell mode like for the rest of the season. I'm just gonna whether they shut down players or they just lose games like semi intentionally.
1: I think it'll happen. Can I pinpoint where? I'll I'll pinpoint where I don't think it will. Orlando seems pretty content on trying to win games and trying to compete, and Magic. Want to take steps forward? The Pistons, um, I mean, they haven't had to bench guys to be the worst team in the league, so I don't think I don't think I don't think we'll see that either. I think Bojan Bogdanovic is still going to be chasing thirty every night. Um, you know, San Antonio's lost a good amount of games after selling Josh Richardson and taking on Dwayne Devin into salary and waiving him. I don't think the Spurs have a ton of interest in competing for the postseason. Um, Utah, I would expect to see some more youth movement, some more minutes for unproven guys, some some bodgy opportunity. Um th- I mean they just moved Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley and Mike Conley out the door. Russell Westbrook obviously is not going to be playing for the Utah Jazz. So um those are probably the two teams I w- I would highlight the most. The Thunder I never I've gotten into plenty of trouble speaking about the Thunder in positions where I don't hundred percent know what's going on there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, abstain from
0: it. Bat- bow out on that. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, one thing about the Thunder I thought was interesting was a recent uh article that came out that I don't know why even they would do this, that they promised Jabari uh that they would take him number two overall if he was there. Obviously they take Chet. Jabari ends up in Houston. Like how How normal is something that would be very blatantly not true? Obviously, it was not going to be a fit there.
1: I think two things. One, I think teams say, we're going to take you here if you're there. And that can be one of two things. One, it is a promise. And the guy they thought wasn't going to be there is all of a sudden there. Or two, they could say to someone, if you're there, we think we're going to take you, and the or we're going to take you, or whatever. And then the player and their parents just take it as an ironclad promise when it really wasn't. Um, and then there are promises where you know we promise this guy, and then that's the guy they take because they they're men of and women of their words, and that's what they said. So um, with Jabari's circumstance, I don't know what it was, but I just know that. From my reporting, Chet Holmgren wanted to go to OKC. OKC was obviously very interested in Chet Holmgren. And the second that he did not go number one, I was not expecting him to not go to. Like, it was kind of a sliding doors thing where either Palo or Jabari were going to go one or three, depending on what the Magic decided. So um, I don't know where Jabari Smith's camp got that impression. Could they have thought that they got promised and it wasn't a promise Sure.
0: That is a uh, Houston maybe uh, broke him. I think he seems like he's not himself. There's new articles about how he cried on draft night when they took him, uh, which I, I guess I understand given that this is going to be a losing situation in the post Harden era. To me, my opinion is the only way he gets out of this jail sentence is if James Harden somehow wants to go back feels to me like Houston is a mess, but I don't exactly know why. Like I kind of know why, but I don't exactly know why. Uh outside of say Steve Steven Silas being obviously the wrong coach for this type of group, what do you what in your estimation is wrong there?
1: Um, you know, it's it's a question that I want to make more phone calls about and potentially even go to Houston to learn more about in the coming weeks. Um But what I can say, and what I will say is that, I mean, there hasn't been a clear direction to build this thing forward more so than just adding top level rookie talents into the mix here. Um, I mean, Eric Gordon has been, you know, in the fold. Christian Wood was there a year ago. Um, But in terms of like, it isn't just like you draft guys and then you add pieces and then things just materialize. Like there needs to be some type of commitment towards winning as opposed to just throwing minutes at particular players that your front office is invested in and actually like coming in with strategies on how to develop these guys and winning roles in a particular greater team environment that just doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like they're back to the John wall situation from everything I'd heard last season. It was just, we want to play Kevin Porter jr. And Jalen green X number of minutes, you X number of minutes off the bench and like take it or leave it. And obviously he left it and it didn't seem like there was any more of a, of a, I mean, I I don't want to discredit the coaching staff there for not having more of a plan, but um just from the way the conversations have gone, it just hasn't sounded like there's been a collective, universal, um, like we're all moving in this direction together. Which you know, a concerted thing is important. Like to have your owner and your front office and your head coach and your like player development guy all aligned on what Kevin Porter Jr. or Jalen Green or KJ Martin need to be doing to. J.B. Jamari Smith to become this player that you envision your overall team to be, then, like, any second you're not doing that, it's kind of just a waste of time. Yeah. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill, FX's *Clipped*,
0: streaming June fourth only on Hulu. Uh, I saw this, and I don't know why this is happening, but uh, this is some tea. This is like a tea-related question. Uh, why do you think there's this like uprising of chatter that there's some sort of problem between Ad and Braun? Like, what? What's? I feel like that's very weird
1: just the body language doctors are out she clearly was not thrilled the evening of lebron's all-time record setting performance and he's kind of been pouty ever since i mean when he went, when the lakers were here in new york it was like a week before he broke the record at msg they were talking about how like lebron is going to inevitably when lebron was in new york like a week before he was gonna break it of course he was gonna be asked about it that's just how the media scene works here and adi was kind of chuckling about it and saying like oh damn that's cold or something like that when lebron said i'm gonna break it just like a matter of time so i mean this hasn't been like a long winding whatever it is i'll say like I, i can say that um but, yeah, I mean, the situation just hasn't been perfect, so you think, it's under- weird?
0: you think it's real?
1: I don't know i don't I don't know i I mean, I think a lot of this has been just a tough season on the whole where it's just it's a it's a drain generally to be in the center of that storm all year long, where there's headlines and headlines and headlines and people asking about it, and it's not just the headlines, obviously things are happening behind the scenes that are not uh exemplary either so when it when it's not a fun environment to be in like you can understand why things can kind of snowball and uh and grow a little bit
0: yeah i mean i i've heard for years that the lakers are one of the least fun environments to play in like not just when you're winning
1: it's great yeah, When you're winning, it's great.
0: Yeah. It's like a worse version of, like, New York sports because it's, it's just different, right? Like, there's just different trappings. I saw this factoid. Um, the, the Celtics are on pace to lead the NBA with 58 wins, and that'll be the the first time it's that a team hasn't broken 60 wins in the NBA since, like, 2000. Mm. And it's the second time that that would have happened in 44 years. Uh, like, I just kind of, like, finally, because I know we got to both go – just kind of get your estimation on like why why that there is no team that's maybe going to get to 60 and what that actually means for the league
1: yeah there's just so much talent in the nba right now and there there's no absolute juggernaut warriors or even like wasn't just the fact that the warriors were such a juggernaut it was the fact that it was kind of a foregone conclusion that Golden State and Cleveland were going to meet in the finals for four straight years and that might before that Miami was going to make the finals for four straight years and San Antonio was there for you know pretty much every year they weren't in the finals every single year but they were they were a threat every year for the better part of two decades there's the Warriors are still here LeBron's still here there's still you know the old cast of characters that are knocking on the door but it just there's a it's considered in the league right now any goal you want to accomplish, whether you're a rebuilding team who wants to make the play-in, whether you're a playing team who wants to make the playoffs, whether your team has been a first-round roadkill that wants to make move further into the postseason, everyone's under the impression that we're one move away from getting there. Yeah. And that's because the talent's so deep. So everyone's given their best shot primarily, and the parity's been i think a result of those uh compounding factors where the playing tournament has clearly helped a lot in that regard um combined with this influx of young dudes where like you know palo for example is contributing winning type of basketball right now it's not like luca was immediately in dallas but very rarely do these rookies come in and impact winning let alone like anthony edwards is all of a sudden an engine in minnesota and you know, there's just there's just a lot of really good young players in the league right now. While we still have so many players like LeBron and Chris Paul and KD and Steph who are playing at such a high level, Dame at you know in the to, into their mid and late thirties.
0: So let's get a prediction. So we got twenty something <laughs> games left. Who's in the finals? Is our are our dubs still okay? I'm
1: going. Dubs to the Western Conference Finals. However, I'm gonna right now. I'm gonna tip my hat to Denver. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Denver, and I'm gonna pick Denver Milwaukee. Little small market finals that the NBA will love. And uh,
0: who do they play in the Eastern Conference Finals?
1: Boston. I think the Sixers had the talent to be in that top tier with those two teams. They're clearly ahead of Cleveland when they put it all together but they just don't put it all together on a consistent enough basis, I think, to make it through four rounds, let alone three. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to be Boston-Milwaukee.
0: And then who wins?
1: Give me Giannis on the Bucks. Let's do it.
0: Many thanks to Jake Fisher on this episode of the Heat Check. We'll be back on Friday. Keep it locked. Please subscribe. Please download, please tell all your friends, every single one of them, and follow us on at this heat check on TikTok and at Trista Crick, everywhere you get your social media. We'll see you next time.